Welcome to Life, Love, and Hustle, the podcast that uncovers the story behind the stories of entrepreneurs, artists, and activists making an impact in their business, community, and the culture. Join us for these intimate conversations with ordinary people working to do extraordinary things and hear their journey through struggle, triumph, growth, and change. Now, here's your host, Chad Smith. What's up? It's your boy Chad here, and welcome back to another episode of Life, Love, and Hustle. And today, I've got a really special guest. This brother, I met him at one of his coaching events in Atlanta, Georgia. You know how much I love Atlanta. Um, he is actually the coach of my girlfriend who owns, of course, the Love Camp. She's been on the show, and um, I can tell a huge transformation in the way she thinks about her business, the way she executes her business from listening to the teachings of this guest today. He is one of the best when it comes to revenue growth for coaches and consultants. He is a multi-million dollar revenue generator, best-selling author, rapid business growth strategist, and a coach who has definitely earned the title, the king of client attraction. Uh, One thing that I've learned about this brother is that uh, he's got a really sharp shooting approach to lead generation, and he's helped coaches and consultants pull in more than $1 billion with a B in client success stories, billions with a B of ad impressions, millions of high quality leads, and tens of thousands of clients. So from he came from being a high school dropout and a former dope dealer to a multi-million dollar rapid business growth strategist and coach. Um, he's definitely a walking billboard for those uh, classic lyrics started from the bottom, now I'm here. So welcome to the show, Dr. Marquell Chill Russell. Hey, 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 hey. I'm excited to be here, Chad, man. How's everything going? <laughs> man, if I got any better, I'd be you. I'd be I'd be Chad Chill Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to be here with you, man. How you feeling today, man? I'm feeling great, man. I can't complain, man. At all. So so let's get right into it, man. I, I'm really excited to have you here. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, what you and Dre put together when I was at your boot camp a few months ago with Renee. Uh, you guys put on a world-class event. You've got uh, so many success stories. Uh, I couldn't believe the success that I saw in that room. Uh, well, not just dollar amounts, but with their own stories of um, what they were doing before they started working with your company, um, Client Attraction University, uh, to the point to where they were when I met them. And it didn't take as much time as you would think it would take. It's crazy, man. Uh, we're talking like a year uh, mm-hmm. for just completely transformed businesses, man. So so before we get into that, let's talk about, so if people don't know who you are, who is Dr. Markwell Russell? So, I mean, in short, man, I'm a, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. I, um, like you said, I dropped out of high school in 10th grade, so I have a ninth grade education. Um, I love trap music. I, I'm a sneakerhead. I love traveling. I have an amazing family, um, a beautiful wife, my kids. I have a, several different titles. Uh, my favorite title is probably dad. Um, so yeah, man, I just love entrepreneurship. Um, I grew up in a drug infested environment. Um, had to figure out a lot of stuff, you know, learned a lot of the hard lessons throughout life, still learning a lot of lessons as well. Um, cause we're always learning at every level and, um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just somebody who 
went through the process of life, enjoying life, learning, love, love, growing and learning. And um, just figured out, uh, was blessed to figure out like my gift um, for teaching. Because, of course, I love entrepreneurship. And then I have a gift for teaching um, and been able to bring those two together and get to wake up every single day and do what I love to do, which is which is a blessing. No, you're doing a great job at it, man. So, Thank so, you. so let's start. Let's start back from the beginning. Of uh, what are the what are the roots of your entrepreneurial journey? So, what were you doing before uh, you and Dre started Client Attraction University? So, also, so as a young guy, right? I think one of the first things I started doing entrepreneurially was. Um, you know, I was a typical guy. I think probably like selling candy and stuff like that at school. Um, I end up, um, you know, cutting grass in the neighborhood. Even before that, when we were just living in apartment complexes, like I was the guy knocking on your door asking, can I take your trash out, you know, for whatever you give me. Um, and then using that to go to the candy lady and stuff like that. Um Start selling drugs like in school. So I was the guy who, like a lot of people, I played sports as well, but I was also the guy who had the weed, right? So, um, so I learned that, you know, trade out at a young age. I started, um, I got suspended from school one time for 10 days. Um, and my mom made me go to work with her. She was a telemarketer and everybody who worked with her used to say she was the Michael Jordan of telemarketing because she was amazing at it. So she made me read this book called a time to kill. I was sitting like in the waiting room with a, with a break room every day, reading this book, talked to me like two or three days. And then I went out on the floor, the sales floor and saw what they were doing and I was like all y'all doing is reading the script and she was like yeah so she was like you want to give it a shot so I was like cool so I did it I'm, I'm maybe seven, well probably ninth grade so I'm at ninth grade at this point so I read the script um, and I end, read, did a few times did a few calls I ended up getting a few sales I ended up making $800 that week um, and I ended up buying my first car, right? So again, I was entrepreneurial as well. My mom was an entrepreneur. She was my first entrepreneurial mentor in hindsight. She never really sat down and taught me entrepreneurship, but I saw her doing entrepreneurship, whether that was in mm. telemarketing or whether that was starting her own um, store where she sold clothes and stuff like that in. Um, so yeah, so that was that. And then I started doing artist management, club promotions and things of that nature. That led me into network marketing, and then network marketing actually led me into online marketing, trying to learn online marketing to grow my network marketing business. And then Dre and I actually met in a coaching program, a coaching program we both bought. We met in that particular program. And then because, um, of course, it wasn't really that many black people in the space we were in. So we mm. connected. So. Um, so, yeah, we did that. We was doing similar things. Fast forward. Dre actually I ended up starting the coaching program a little bit down the line. Dre ended up becoming a client. We was doing things very similar, and I was like, well, we're doing things very similar, man. So it's like, what if we, like, join forces and build this thing? Because we saw that black entrepreneurs specifically were drastically underserved when it came down to marketing and business growth training. So we ended up collaborating. Um, fast forward. Now, of course, we got Client Attraction University, where we've helped our clients over a billion dollars in revenue. Uh, we were on the Inc. 5000's fastest growing companies list. And um, and to be honest with you, man, we really just getting warmed up. Yeah, we actually just came back from. We and it's interesting you mentioned Africa. We actually both just came back from Africa as well, from Nigeria. We was in Nigeria for like a week, and uh, we actually spoke at an entrepreneurship conference out there as well. You know, side note: um, Africa 
as a whole. I know it's got, you know, certain countries have their issues right now, but as a whole, you know, a lot of people don't realize, man, Africa is on the runway as far as um, creating entrepreneurs and really developing that part of its economy. Like pe- people don't yeah. know, man, but it's on the way up. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's going to be tough for America to keep up 100%. Cause it's like, it's like, um, America, especially with black people, well, just as a whole, to be honest with you, are going the opposite direction where mm-hmm. for the longest time, America had the wealthy, the poor, and then the middle class. The middle class is going away in America, so it's going to be the wealthy and the poor. In Africa, they're going the opposite direction. They they historically have been wealthy or poor, but now they're creating a whole new middle mm-hmm. class, right? So it's like, it's going to be tough like it's especially as they develop um because you think about it in america we did we went through the industrial revolution a long time ago right um but now they're actually they haven't even gone through the industrial revolution yet so they don't have like mm. railroad systems and things of that nature so they're going through a lot of that development now and once they have it tied to the resilience and all the things that they already have that you can't teach um they're going to be a force to be reckoned with bro we could have a whole show just on this topic Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. People don't know, man, but they're going to learn soon because it's coming up, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the middle class here in this country shrinking, Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting next 20 years for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when you guys first partnered up, you guys uh, teamed up like the Avengers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What were some of of the earliest challenges uh, that you guys faced when you first started out? So I think I think for us, man, it was um, I mean, just the typical you know business growth challenges, right? It's like I'm um, getting clear on like, okay, who do we want to serve? How do we want to serve them? Um, how do we get in front of them? How do we create more success stories? How do we simplify the process to get results faster? So just I mean, the typical, not anything abnormal outside of like the typical business growth things, like the things that at one point we scaled too fast. So we had to let some people go, do some different things, make some adjustments and then restabilize and then grow. So, yeah, man. So just like, the, you know, the typical business growth challenges that come with it, growing the, the, the challenges of not growing fast enough. And then the opposite challenge is trying to grow and scale too fast. So really find that happy medium of like steady growth. Let's 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 go back to what you just said, because that's pretty interesting. You know, when everyone starts a business, they want to they want to. Uh, they want to get busy and they want to get as big as possible, as fast as possible. But in a lot of ways, that's one of the biggest dangers to your business is growing yeah. too fast. So talk a little bit about about this concept of scaling too fast. Yeah, for sure. So even if you even if you think about like, in, it's, it's interesting you ask me that. So it's like and think about it. Yeah. And it, some stuff you only learn like growing through it. Right. But if you think about it, if you look at just when you think about universal principles, right, anything that grows too fast isn't healthy, right? So even right. when you think about, it's a scripture that says, um, when you plant the seed, some seeds fall on thorny ground, some grew, some seeds grow and they take root and then they grow. And it says some some seeds grow on soil. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, it's not a Bible scholar or nothing like that, but, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing, it says something along the lines of, some seeds take root and it grows too fast, and essentially the sun burns it out because it doesn't grow on strong root, right? So if you think about it, a lot of people want to go into something and they want to grow. Even if you think about a child, 
if you think about a child typically that goes through a crazy growth spurt, a lot of times they have issues with like knee pain, things of that nature, things that come with this abnormal growth spurt, right? Right. Um, and it's the same thing in everything, right? So it's like you, if you, if, a lot of people don't really understand like when you're growing or when, you, uh, when you're building something, when you build something, a lot of people just think upward growth. They don't really think that when you're growing something or building something, growth actually starts down, <clears throat> right? So you got to go right. down first. But a lot of times when people are going down, they think that it's not working because they feel like they're going in the opposite direction. But like, if you're building a house, so it's like you go down first, you got to build a foundation first, right? If you're building a skyscraper, you got to go down first, right? And the bigger the thing you're going to build, the deeper you got to go down first before you can actually start building above ground. Even if you think about uh, one of my great favorite analogies, if you think about it, it's called the um, Chinese bamboo tree. So the Chinese bamboo tree, it essentially, I think if I'm not mistaken, it grows of like five years or so before you even see it come through the ground. Right. Because it's growing this massive roots underneath mm. the ground. Yeah. And then within about five months, it grows to this crazy amount of height. But it took those five years, like growing underneath the ground. So a lot of times when people see people, they like, oh, my God, this person just came out of nowhere. This person was an overnight success story. It's like, no, you may have just didn't see them. But over this past five or 10 years or so, they were building these massive roots. So now it's just a matter of them getting to a certain inflection point and taking off. But uh, but anything, if you just think about anything that grows too fast, it's just not going to, uh, it's not healthy. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also think about, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a horticulture guy. I'm not a plant guy, but I imagine uh, I have a, I have a brother that lives out West and he keeps telling me that he needs me to come see the giant redwoods. You think about the giant redwood, it's been around for what, millions of years, millions. Mm -hmm. yep. And I can't even imagine how deep and how wide those roots must be for it to support those huge trees that have been around forever. And, and if you put that in a business context, yep. um, if it had shallow roots, it would, it would never stand. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's it's literally that's a that's a principle, right? And a, and a beautiful thing about principles that's a that's that's something that's that's a tree, but that's literally a principle that goes into every area, right? It's like you got to build down first to build solid roots, and then based on that solid foundation and those solid roots, then you grow, you know, based on that. And it's and it's ugly at first, right? It doesn't look like you want it to look. <laughs> Until yeah. over time, then it starts looking like this thing that you want. So going on that theme, talking about um, principles. So what are what are the key principles that you teach in Client Attraction University? So I would say a couple of things is um, number one, a big one is that totally changed the game for me is the be, do, have principle. Right. Mm. So you got to decide because a lot of people think you got to have things, then do things and then you'll be things. But in reality, you got to figure out who you're going to be. Then you got to start being. Because if you think about it, I, I oftentimes ask people like, what does an apple tree have to do to be an apple tree? How would you answer that? What does an apple tree have to do to be an apple tree? Yeah. Well, Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, it would have to produce apples. I would. <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's got to produce apples. 
Well, yeah, and where, that, where it actually just has to be an apple tree. Okay. Because even if it hasn't, because like, think about it. If the tree is growing and it hasn't produced apples yet, can it still be an apple tree? Mm, yeah, you're right. It, it definitely still is an apple tree. It's still an apple tree, right? Yeah. So all it had to do was be an apple tree. It didn't have to, it didn't necessarily have to produce apple trees yet. You just have to be it, right? So for example, somebody wants to be a millionaire. You don't necessarily have to have millions to be a millionaire. And I know that may sound crazy to some people. That may sound woo-woo. But in reality, you become a millionaire three to four years prior to you becoming a millionaire. Like a millionaire, like mentally, emotionally, physically, internally. And then you produce the millions, which will be the apples from the apple tree. Right. But you're already right. that because you've decided that's who you are being. Right. Well, how do you be Well, you decide who you're going to be and you start operating from that vibration and then you start doing the things that millionaires do. So, for example, your educate education. So, for example, I learned this concept early on at your education versus entertainment ratio. So if your entertainment ratio is higher than your education ratio, the likelihood of you actually becoming a millionaire is slim to none. If all you're doing is scrolling TikTok videos, keeping up with all the sports, you know all the stats, all the different types of stuff, but you're not applying that to educate yourself to create anything, the likelihood of you producing anything and becoming the person you want to be is not it's not likely. So what I started doing is I started because I was very fascinated about how some people can be amazingly wealthy and then some people would be amazingly um, broke as well. Right. Financially. So I started discover I started studying the habits and I was super fascinated with like the morning routines of extremely wealthy people, the daily routines of extremely wealthy people. So I started finding out, OK, cool. They at least read 10 pages a day of a book. Right. I started looking at like um, they typically work out. Right. Not all the time, but they typically work out. Um, another thing is that they they're very um, conscious, some cases about what they're putting into their bodies. Uh, they're also conscious about who they're surrounding themselves with. They're obsessed with learning and growing, consuming new information, applying that new information. Right. So I'm looking at those specific things and I'm like, okay, how do I start adopting and applying these, you know, specific habits? So I started doing based on who I was already being. I started doing and then these certain I start becoming in alignment with certain things that helped me get to where I wanted to go um, and then start having, you know, on the back end. Does that make sense? No, that all makes sense. So um, that was one thing that I noticed when I was at the boot camp was that you focus a lot on the mental game. So mm-hmm. um, so after you focus on getting them um, aligned with who they are in reflection of who they want to be, uh, then, what's, then what's the next principle that you teach? Yeah, for sure. I mean, because like you said, business is 90% mental. 10% like tactics and so forth, right? So that's very important. Um, from there, I think it's, it's a lot. It's, it's many principles, right? So if you think about, um, what's another one? The law of sowing and reaping, that's a principle, right? So it's like what you, whatever it is that you sow, you're going to get back, right? And the thing about when you reap something from a seed, you get back multiples of what you sowed. So are you sowing goodwill into the marketplace? 
Mm. Are you sowing lack into the marketplace? Are you sowing bad will into the marketplace? Right? Are you sowing value into the marketplace? So you're going to get back multiples of that. Are you operating from a place of lack? Are you operating from a place of abundance? Are you being the type of person you want to attract? You know, when it comes down to investing to yourself, do you happily and willingly invest into yourself? Or do you always find ways to avoid investment, investing into yourself, right? Um and then if you're if you typically got a person who is trying to always trying to avoid investing to avoid investing to yourself, you're probably going to attract people who are the same type of way. So you're attracting, you know, the same thing. Right. And then when it comes down to marketing, it's basic direct response, principle, direct response, marketing principles. The best way to prove to people you can help them is by just actually helping them freely with no expected return. So go back to what you just said about operating from a place of lack and operating from a place of abundance. What does operating from a place of lack look like? So uh, operating from a place of lack looks like thinking that there's a shortage of anything. So some people think that there's a shortage of money right now, right? Mm, yeah. well, but in reality, there's a, there's more money in circulation right now than there ever has been in the history of the world, right? But if some people, if they focus on that there's a lack of money, then you ha- they, get, they have to manifest that which they focus on, which is the lack of money, right? But if they focus on the abundance, which which that's all there is, is abundant, right? So I was on a podcast one day and a guy asked me, he was like, Marquill, when was the first time, it was a fantastic question I've never been asked before. And he said, Marquill, when was the first time you were, when was the first time you experienced abundance? Oh, Wow. I was like, that's a very good question. Wow, how would you answer that? Question. I know you do. I know you do. You're in. The, you're the interviewer. But how would you answer that? And I give you my. I tell him what my answer was. The first time I experienced abundance was probably when um, I would say the very first time is when I had my son. I think because when I was just holding him there right there in my arms. I didn't need anything else in the world at that point. I had everything I wanted right there in that hospital room. Nice. My answer was when I was born. Okay. Because when we're born, we have zero limitations. We we only start getting limitations when other people start giving them to us. So all of our limitations are learned, right? So when you're born, you can't be too loud, right? Uh, until people start telling you you're too loud, right? Right. Uh, when you're born, you can't be too small until people tell you you're too small to do that. Uh, you can't run too fast until people tell you, hey, you need to slow down and stop doing that. You need to stop, stop doing this, stop doing that. You can't do this. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. You're black. You're white. You're too tall. You're too short. You're this. You're that. You're Russell. You're this. So it's all these different limitations that people begin to give you, Right. And then we start to shrink as people put their limitations on us and we decide to adopt them. But until then, when we come into this world, like our senses, right, are over on our will on sensory overload. We see everything that's going on. We hear everything that's going on. We have zero limitations to, to the world start putting us on. Them. So it's, we're always in a state of abundance. I love that, man. That's that's beautiful. That goes back to um, back in the day when I was at a sales training back in my youth, like 100 years ago, back when I was young. I remember uh, the sales coach 
whose seminar I was at, uh, I think his name was Mike House. His name was Mike House back in the day. He he had a whole talk on dream space about how when you're a kid, like you just said, the universe is so reachable to you. Everything that you want is possible. If you want to be uh, astronaut, you can be an astronaut. If you want to, um, if you're going to uh, go, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, you're going to climb Mount Everest. And this dream space is huge. But the problem is when you start to get older and other people's dreams begin to get dashed or they don't get the success that they want. They begin to shrink your dream space because mm-hmm. of where they are. So they yeah. begin, like you said, to tell you, well, you, you don't do math good enough, so you can't do this. Yeah. You're, 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 you're too short. You can't do this. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you don't come from this kind of family, so you can't do this. Now they're telling you, you can do maybe these three things and you yeah. believe it. Yeah. So, 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 how do you begin? How do you begin to help your clients expand that dream space again? So, I think the biggest thing, man, is like, because if you think about it, all of our clients are 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years old, right? Good range. Um, huh? Yeah, you've got a pretty good range. We're at a pretty good range. So, if you think about it, if we're working with somebody who's, let's say, 40, they have 40 years of limitations that we got to work through, right? Um, so, for example, if I always like to kind of do a comparison, a parallel. So, somebody, what I see, sometimes people are there, they'll say, okay, I'm going to commit to getting into shape the next 90 days. It's the new year. 30 days in, they won't see any results, right? And they're trying to get chiseled. It's like, well, you spent the last 30 years building that body, <laughs> right. right? So you're going to quit in less than 30 days? You got to, like, if it took you two years or three years to get the body you want, would it not be worth it? Because you took 30, 40 years to build this one that you got, right? So it's like, on the business side, it's like people have 30, 40 years of limitations. So when I tell somebody, hey, it's easier to make a lot of money in a little bit of time than it is to make a little bit of money in a lot of time. So if I say, say okay, again. Look, it's, say it it's one more easy, time. If I say it's easier to make a lot of money in a little bit of time than it is to make a little bit of money in a lot of time, it's hard for them to fathom that. So when I say mm. it's easier for you to make fifty thousand dollars in a month than it is to make fifty thousand dollars in a year, they're like, what? And like, yeah, because they think, how am I going to work enough hours? to make $50,000 in a month. When they don't realize it has nothing to do with how many hours you work. It's about how much, so Jim Rohn put it this way. Jim Rohn says, um, a lot of people think they get paid $15 an hour. And he's like, you actually don't get paid $15 an hour. You get paid $15 for the value that you bring to the hour. Mm, Oh, wow. Yeah, so he says, can you be 10 times more valuable to the hour? Wow. Can you be 100 times more valuable to the hour? How can you be someone where you're bringing $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 of value to the hour? You can do that. But, if, but if first, you have to be aware that that's possible, number one. And then number two, you got to be aware that it's possible for you. 
So it's like you can, somebody can make $50,000 in a month working a fraction of what they used to work making $50,000 a year, right? But of course you gotta be aware of it and you gotta believe it, which I think is the biggest thing. No matter how much Markwell tells you, no matter how much Dre tells you, no matter how simple we make the system, you have to believe uh, that it's possible for you and actually trust yourself. And a lot of times that comes with a lot of internal work because we've lied to ourselves so much throughout life that we don't even trust ourselves. Wow, man. You know what? We could end it right there if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's, that's, that's a whole lesson right there in itself. It's a whole lesson in itself, man. It's a whole lesson in itself. But like where I'm from, where I'm from, I didn't know anybody who had money. So I only knew, I only, the, the people who had money where I'm from either sold drugs. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like the people who, people, people where I'm from, the ideal job was to get a job working for the city. Right. And you making 30, 40, 50 dollars an hour. We'd be like, oh, man, if I just make 50 dollars an hour, you know, they 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 doing good. Right. So I so but when you and when you're little, you're like, OK, that's good. But as you grow and you're like, they ain't really that much. But again, it's the exposure that exposed you to everything. All the people who I knew who had money sold drugs. I knew I wanted to be a millionaire at a young age. I wanted to be wealthy at a young age. I knew I wanted to either go to the NBA, the NFL, something like that. I can make a ton of money. But for right now, the only way I know how to do it is to sell drugs. Because everybody else is telling me to do it, play a losing game. Yeah. And that's and that's um talking about limitations. A lot of um, you know, a lot of our kids in that uh, who grew up the the same way that uh that you did, and to a certain extent that I did, you know, you only see three things. You see the drug game, you're going to be an athlete, or you're going to be, or you're going to be a musician. Like yep. that's it. Yep, yep. And it's, and it's and it's very the 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 percentages of you going to the NBA are very low. Um, the percentages of you going to the NFL are very low, and the percentages of you getting out of the drug game without going to prison, without being killed, right, or without getting on drugs and being strung out, are very low. Now, can you do them? Can you, I always tell kids, like, can you be, I even tell my son, like, can you be in that small percentage? Yes. But you have to be willing to do the work that comes with getting you into that percentage. And most people aren't willing to do that. That's the thing from, you you know, what's the old saying? I made a post the other day on something that I read. I can't even remember remember who said it, but he said, um, there's no lack of knowledge in the world. You have all the knowledge to do what you want to do right now, either in your head or at your fingertips. If knowledge were enough, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs. Yep. <laughs> the key yep. the key to becoming who you want to be and doing what you want to do is taking action each and every day. Yep, for sure. 100%. So what's some of the, when someone comes to you for the first time and they, they want to become one of your clients and why wouldn't they want to be, to be honest? <laughs> Why wouldn't they want to be? So, what's some of the what's some of the common mistakes that you see uh, coaches and consultants making when it comes to actually attracting clients into their business? So, I think number so I think number one, they're not crystal clear on who they who they are and who they're for. 
right? And who they serve them. So a lot of times people are all over the place. Their messaging is so deep. They're not really speaking to a specific problem that they solve mm. uh, and how they solve it. So that's one of the things we invest a lot of time on helping them fix like their messaging of who they're speaking to, how they're speaking to them and that particular thing. So I think that's the number one thing, right? Number two, I think they're not, they typically they aren't building their business the right way. So it's all about hustling, grind, and it's a cash grab. They're not thinking from a standpoint of like, hey, this is a business that have an actual consulting firm that I can actually grow, build it the right way, and maybe even eventually sell it for a high multiple at some point. But they're not. Th- most of the times, they're not thinking from that standpoint. They're just thinking about, okay, how can I make money right now, right? So I think a big one is the getting the messaging. And then again, an automated week, automated means to get leads and clients in the door every day. I would leads daily and clients weekly. And then actually building the company the right way. So now that you go from being a coach or consultant to being the owner of a coaching or consulting company. It's two mm, completely deep. different things. Yeah, that's deep. That's 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 something that um Someone said a long time ago um, that kind of stayed with me. Wait, I think it may have come from um, the E Myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the E Myth, and he was talking about the, the levels of business ownership and yep. becoming going from a technician to an owner. So, what you're talking about, uh, thinking from an owner standpoint, makes a lot of sense because I like what you said about looking down the road. Like, how do you want this thing to end? You know that. Um, how do you get off the grind of acquiring clients and servicing clients? And you know, like, is that what you want to do for the next thirty years, or do you have an end goal in mind? So, great question. So, it'll 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 most likely the goal is. Well, I'll say this: the vision is for it to never end. Right uh, now, in terms of oh, I didn't mean grind, you personally. That was just the general comment. <laughs> right now, oh, that, that makes sense. Okay, got it. So yeah, so the goal is for us as we grow, and we've done great at it as continuing to duplicate ourselves and create systems and processes and like decentralize like our IP, our intellectual property. So now that it's not just us that teaches it, right? but it's other individuals that teach. So for example, the last event you came to, I think we had 123 or something clients there or something like that, right? Um, I mean, seven years from now, we'll be in the Phillips Arena. It'll be like 21,000 people there because that's what the Phillips Arena holds. Well, that's what Atlanta Hawks play. Uh, about nine years or so, uh, we'll be in the um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It holds 81,000, if I'm not mistaken. That's what the Falcons play. So and it'll continue to grow. And it, it won't be about just us. It'll be about our clients who we've served, our certification partners we've certified in our processes. And that's how we continue to grow, you know, and move the culture forward overall. I imagine that you've already got people that you're grooming uh, yeah. to, <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, that will become your your coaching team and that will become your your leadership team as you work yourself out of those direct roles, right? Yeah, for sure. Even so, people were grooming, and here's the exciting thing: a lot of people who will be in those, a lot of people who will be in a lot of those roles, we haven't even met yet. Wow. Yeah, that's the exciting thing about it. That is, and and coming from that. Um, from the uh, the MLM background, learn their principle first and foremost. Duplicate yourself, right? One hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. 
Your kids might be your little duplicates, man. You know, I told you the story about how I met one of your kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You you never know, man. I just my goal is I expose them to the stuff. I just expose them to the opportunities, and they decide. So, like even MJ, I think that's the one you met in the bathroom that time. Is that he? Um, man, him was having a conversation, and he was like, because um, he was talking about the NBA, and I was like, uh, and I shoot him straight. I was like, man, you don't really work hard enough to go to the NBA. I'm like, you can go. Like, you're more than capable to do anything that you put your mind to. But I was like, I was like, right now, you like technology more than basketball, right? Because I, I never see you with the ball in your hand, right? Because we just moved and we haven't got the goal and all that yet. And he was like, well, we don't have the goal yet. I was like, but you got a ball, right? And he was like, yeah. I was like, I never see you with the ball. I'm like, you got to be working on your handles more than shooting initially. Because if your handles ain't together, you ain't going to get a shot off anyway. Nobody's going to pass you the ball. So you can be working on that even more now that you don't have a goal, but that's not your focus, right? It's easy to say you want to go to the NBA, but you ain't putting in the work. I'm like, you like technology. So if you want to be a gamer or something, do that. But you figure out what you want to do. And he was like, well, what do you want me to do? It was kind of frustrating. He was like, what do you want me to do? I was like, I want you to decide what you want to do, right? And I support you in it. And I was like, here's the cool thing. You're nine. Well, he's 10 now. But I was like, you're nine. You don't got to know what you want to do for the rest of your life right now. You're only you're nine, 10 years old. Right. The biggest thing, though, is you have to have these moments of focus where you actually sink your teeth into something and figure out, OK, is this something I really want to do? Right. But you don't you don't just get there by just saying you're going to get there. Right. It's just like entrepreneurship. Everybody calls themselves an entrepreneur because it's like the cool thing now. They were, everybody's a business owner, but most people don't have clients, right? Most people are just self-employed, right? If you're self-employed, that doesn't make you a business owner. You just work for yourself, right? You're an employee. You just own the business or you just got an LLC. If you don't have clients, you don't have a business, right? You don't have a business. Can this business run without you? being involved in it 100%. If the answer is no, you're not a business owner, right? You're self-employed. You own, you own a job. You own a job. That's just the reality. Right. Just because yeah. you went and got an LLC set up doesn't make you a business owner, especially if you haven't made any sales. That's that technician phase that uh, Michael Gerber was talking about in the E-Myth. Mm-hmm. That's where you own the job. That's it. Yeah. Now you, you make less, you work more as a self-employed person. You go from being an employee to self-employed. You quit, you quit this job because you want to have more freedom, but you don't have more freedom because now you just work for yourself. And now you work more hours. It's more stressful. You make less than you made when you were just an employee. Shoot. Sometimes it may even feel, it may even seem like it's, it, it's uh you might want to go back to work. You know, 100%. With, yeah. Before I the see work a lot of people doing do. that now. And, that, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's, and that's good. Right. Sometimes you got to do this stuff. One of the things I like about our process, because we really teach the nuts and bolts and the systems and the processes. And it's like we have people who realize that this ain't really something they want to do, because a lot of people have like played it around with them so long and was like, you can do it. All you got to do is think positive. And, uh, uh. It's like, no, it's stuff that you actually got to do. This building a business is actually hard. Right. It's challenging. Yeah. Right. It's fun. Can you make a lot of money? Yes. But the biggest challenge is going to be you looking yourself in the mirror and you growing, right? And a lot of people aren't willing to go through that process because it can be painful, right? Um, but it's like we've had people go through the process and be like, you know what? I really don't think business ownership is for me. I think I would be better off either with a job or 
partnering with somebody who has a vision and then bringing my skills set to that. And that's okay. Everybody shouldn't yeah. be entrepreneurs. I used to say that everybody should be an entrepreneur. I don't believe that everybody should be an entrepreneur. It's not for everybody. No, it really isn't. Um, because it, if you're not, if you don't do your due diligence, it can, I mean, it can ruin you. Yeah, 100%. Like people out here be telling people, hey, man, just quit your job and go all in on your business. That's the worst advice you can give somebody. Like you don't know that I would never tell people asking me, man, when do you think I should quit my job? Like that's something you got to decide. I don't know. I don't know how much cash reserves you got. I don't know how many people are dependent on you. I don't know your work ethic. I don't know. Just because people say, well, if I had more time, I can focus on my business. That's not the case. If you can't maximize a limited amount of time, you're not going to be able to maximize an abundance of time, right? Just because if you if you can't maximize a little bit of money, you're not going to be able to maximize a lot of money, right? I always tell people, like, if you can't make money without money, you can't make money with money. The last thing you need is an investor. Like, you've already proven that you don't know how to make money. So what are you going to do with an investor? When somebody, an investor just gives you some cash, you're already shown what you do with cash. You spend it You don't because you don't have any, right? And that's not, like, disrespectful. It's just a fact. Right. And that goes back to and, and and that goes back to what you were saying earlier about your attitude. It's your attitude towards money, also. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like if you if you know if you want to make money, it's simple. Figure out a problem that you can solve, and go solve it. I love it. That's the best thing about that's the best thing I love about client attraction university is you make, you make things sound so you. you you take all the emotion out of it and you make it so logical and simple. Mm-hmm. That's yep. how it goes. I love it. So what's next? So the um, like, where do you see? Because there's a you know as well as I do. There's a lot. There's a sea of experts um, who advise consultants and coaches on how to uh, on how to make millions by being a, a coach or a consultant. Um, so with the with the advent of the technology that's coming out now, with there being no lack of coaching coaches like where do you see the business of coaching like in the next 10 years so i know a lot of a lot of a lot of these so-called experts are going to be able to fall are going to begin it's actually happening now to fall to the fall by the wayside because you actually have to be good right you is you can't just say okay well i help people do this but you've never done it before so you actually have to be good because the market is becoming more sophisticated uh, and again, you just got to be good, right? Or you're going to be found out. I think the beautiful thing is that the mark, the the industry as a whole is still in its infancy stages, especially as it relates to black professionals. So it's a lot of people that are even in corporate America who has amazing skill sets, but they've just been underpaid, underappreciated. And overworked for so long, so they're looking for solutions. So that, and the people are not—they don't want to go back to college and get another degree. They can come online and figure out a skill and how to package that skill they have and impact more people. So a lot of people are going to be coming into this world who aren't even familiar um, with this industry, and it's going to be an amazing opportunity. And of course, we're going to be on the forefront to better usher them through this whole process and help them really um, create something amazing for themselves. Because people, again, they're coming online to find solutions to their problems. So it's a matter of you being positioned when people are looking for this expertise. I feel like you're already on the forefront because um, undercover, what I learned about you was that you do so much 
work um, trying to help young entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. come up and doing international education on entrepreneurship. So, um, so, so talk a little bit about talk a little bit about that. Like talk a little bit about you know what you're doing outside of CAU uh, to help uh, to help groom the next generation of entrepreneurs. Yeah, for sure. So we have a youth program. It was called, we, we, we're revamping it right now. It's called Young Men As In Training. So basically teaching young entrepreneurs, well, a young youth about entrepreneurship and how to tap into it. Um, so that's one big thing that we're doing. Uh, also, we're doing some stuff, like you said, on the international level. We just got back from Nigeria. We did a conference out there um, and they're so hungry for it there. Um, so we kind of installing it there and doing some really cool stuff there. We're going to end up building a school out there as well, which, of course, is going to be entrepreneurship in, infused. Uh, so, yeah, man, like I said, man, we just really getting warmed up. We're having a whole lot of fun. And, um, yeah, it's, it's 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 very exciting times. I love it, man. Well, listen, if, if there's uh, coaches or consultants or even just entrepreneurs uh, who want to get in touch with you, uh, what, what's the best way to reach you? Where can we find you? Um, I would say, uh, I mean, we, I'm all over the internet, right? So I say the best way to do it, if you're a coach or consultant or you're a service provider who wants more clients, I would say go to paidatplaybook.com, P-A-I-D, ad, A-D, playbook.com, paidatplaybook.com. And in there, you're going to get my whole playbook that shows you how to get 50 to 100, 50 to 100 leads every single day that actually convert into clients. So go get that. It's 100% free. Every now and then we do these um, online events as well. They're free. Um, and they're called Scale the Smart Way Bootcamp. So if you go to scalethesmartway.com, scalethesmartway.com, it's a free event. You can go register there. So I would say get those two resources, the paid ad playbook and the Scale the Smart Way Bootcamp, all free resources. Dive into those. Um, and then if I can help in any way, you know, let me know. It's multiple different ways we can get in contact. And if you're on Instagram or whatever your favorite social media platform is, Facebook or Instagram, Send me a direct message. I'm just Markwell Russell. Send me, send me a message like, hey, you saw me on the show. And um, I love love to connect with you. Bro, this is a good talk. I'm glad uh, I'm glad I was able. Uh, I'm glad we were able to do it today. Likewise. Likewise. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Listen, tell Draft said hello. Um, and as for you folks, definitely check out all of Dr. Markel Russell's uh, resources that I'm going to put in the show notes so you'll be able to check out all that he and his team offer. I got to tell you, just from being at the boot camp and kind of being a fly on the wall with some of Renee's coaching calls, uh, they know what they're doing. And uh, the fact that they have so many stories, like literally hundreds of success stories of people that have gone through their program and have literally transformed their business and transformed their lives with him and his team. I, uh, I was really impressed, man. And I've learned I've learned a lot also just from uh, being around. Uh, so I just want to thank you also um, for what you guys are doing. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, And as always, act like you got some manners. I want you to go ahead and like this interview. I want you to go ahead and give it a five-star review. If we can get 10-star reviews, I mean, I would ask for those also. But I'll settle for five-star reviews. Also, join our community on Facebook. Of course, that link is also in the show notes. So, and until we talk again, folks, stay tuned for another episode of Life, Love, and Hustle. And as I always say, Go live your life, love your people, and hustle always. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on Life, Love, and Hustle. We appreciate you and your support more than you know. 
If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation and get exclusive access to even more content. We're grateful for your loyalty and we can't wait to see you hustle your way to success. We'll be here for you every step of the way. 